0: To thrive, welcome to the Thriveology Podcast with Dr. Lee Balkum. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life, time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Thriveology Podcast the podcast to help you thrive in life, no matter what's coming your way and no matter what your personality type. Which is a piece of our puzzle today, because today I have a guest, Matthew Pollard, who is an internationally recognized consultant, speaker, blogger, author, mentor, coach, and serial entrepreneur with five multi-million dollar business success stories under his belt, all before he turned 30. Matthew has a great many resources that he brings to the table, but one of it is his intimate knowledge with being an introvert. <laughs> And what he says is that introverts have this little superpower that they underestimate. They have an edge that others don't, but only once they recognize it. So today we're going to talk about how that fits into life, how it fits into business, and how it fits into your life, whether you are an introvert or you live with an introvert. You're going to find this to be helpful. And I say that speaking as an introvert. So let's jump into that conversation with Matthew Pollard. So one of my stories is as a child, I had a brother who always tried to get into my room. It drove me crazy. I would be in my room trying to play and he'd be beating on the door trying to play too. And I never could figure out what the deal was, why he couldn't play with himself. And one day I kind of figured out that, there's a difference in our personalities. He was an extrovert and I'm an introvert. And uh, that was a collision course for us. And uh, so I've always been interested in how that dynamic happens. And today I have a chance to talk with Matthew about that. Uh, Matthew has uh, done a lot of work in this area. And so he's gonna bring us up to speed on what this whole introversion thing is and uh, how it can be an advantage. Matthew, thank you so much for being here. Talk a little bit about how you got to this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. So I I think to, to cover off on your first question, I think researchers for the longest time have won grant money, been given grant money to go and do research to make it so much more confusing for us than it actually needs to be. I mean, the way I see it is introversion is as simple as where you draw your energy from. Now, sure, there are people that are shy. There are people that are quiet by nature. There are people that are highly sensitive. But introversion in its simplest form is, for instance, your brother he gets to hang out with people and it charges him up. So he wants to hang out with more people and do more things with people. We hang out with people as introverts and it depletes our energy, which means that we are fine doing it, but we want to go home. Eventually we want to relax. We, we get exhausted by that. Now, the important thing for people to know is that does not mean that you can't succeed at networking, sales, public speaking, leadership. As a matter of fact, my general thoughts on the matter and you know, it's funnily enough supported by a lot of the people pretty high up in networking and sales training and leadership is that introverts actually make the best sales networkers, leaders. And the reason for that is because of our introverted strengths, but by leveraging systems that allow us to fill in the gaps. I mean, that's what introversion really is. It's a skills gap, right? Extroverts have perhaps the Issues with listening and empathy, we have huge advantages in that. But we need a system to help us overcompensate for our rapport issues, the fact that we don't know what to say leading in. We hate small talk, that sort of thing. Now, what got me to this, because I should be the last person in the world telling anybody about how to succeed as an introvert. I mean, I was an introverted guy in late high school with a reading speed of a sixth grader. And I think this happens all the time. We see someone successful and they're like, oh, that person, it's easy for him. He's got a gift for the gab. You know, he's he's just that natural extrovert. We project any extroversion on anyone that's successful. I mean, it doesn't matter that Zig Ziglar is an extra an introvert. It doesn't matter that Ivan Meisner, the founder of B and I, is an introvert. It doesn't matter that Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, Bill Murray are introverts. We still project extroversion on anyone that's successful. So for me. I believe that introversion was a hurdle for me. Now, I didn't really have a word for it back then, but I knew that I was really uncomfortable hanging out with people. And a lot to do with the fact that I had acne, I had braces, I you know, had reading issues. I was always known as the slow kid, And luckily enough, my my mother got me diagnosed with this thing called Erlen syndrome that had been misdiagnosed since I was a a young kid as dyslexia, which basically meant I wasn't trying, but my mother saw that I was trying, it just wasn't working. So basically I put on this pair of glasses and miraculously I can learn to read. Well, what happened was I got to spend the next two years hustling to catch up and I got into the top 20% of my state when I graduated high school, but my family could see I was exhausted. So it took a year off to find myself and literally in that period, I was, I was working in a real estate job, not the guy out selling, the guy doing data entry with a look on my face. Don't speak to me. I'm here to find myself. I lose my job three weeks into, into that job because they decide to shut down the office. And the only jobs I could get were commission only sales. So I literally fell into sales and that led me on a totally different path than what I would have ever expected to be doing in my life.
0: Yeah, it's so much of that common for me. I, um, I saw I'm dyslexic also. Um, I, I think yours, you had a, a different a name for that. I didn't have glasses though. My, mine was uh, so, was that 46 years ago when I was faking, you know, that I was able to read. And finally my uh, fourth grade teacher caught on to me. Uh, I'd been able to hide, you know, and part of that's introversion, you know, <laughs> I could hide away from people. But uh, so very similar uh, piece there. Um, And one of the things that you kind of pointed to is the fact that that some of those people you named as successful, we would say, oh, they must be extroverted because they are able to play this role. And I liked what you talked about energy because, you know, I find I can go somewhere and I can play the role of extrovert. But I'm going to be out after that. I'm, I'm headed to the bed after that, exhausted uh, because it, it's a drain. And that was the energy piece you talked about.
1: Well, one of the things that I would say, and, and don't get me wrong, a lot of introverts have found success behaving more extroverted, right? And yes, they get tired afterwards because it feels inauthentic, it feels incongruent, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel right. But, you know, like a kid at Disneyland, they can do it, and just tired afterwards. Now, that doesn't mean that they enjoy it like a kid at Disneyland but in truth an introvert can enjoy selling and networking but they have to find a way that's congruent with themselves so Mm -hmm. one of the pieces of advice i keep giving introverts is that they've got to stop behaving like extroverts the key to success is not behaving like an extrovert you're never going to be as good as an extrovert at it firstly but secondly you're so much better at it than they will by embracing your own strategy so the the fact that introverts just need to realize their path to success is different to that of an extrovert and when they embrace that all of a sudden, everything shifts. I mean, let's look at the average extrovert that goes networking, that the what the ones that we see doing really well, which by the way, aren't doing really well, it's just how we perceive it because they're doing much better than us, which is do you want to buy from me? No. What about you? What about you? What about, no one wants to be that person. So what happens is everyone doesn't want to be that, what I call transactional networker. So what happens is people start to gravitate to doing this, what I call aimless networking, which is they have a bunch of really shallow conversations with people. And when people ask them what they do, they try not to big note themselves too much. And then, you know, they get into some advice sometimes and they either walk away going, why did no one ever has any money or they end up walking out with a whole bunch of business cards that Oh, if they call me, I'll work with them. Of course, no one ever does. So we have this perception that networking doesn't work. So what I suggest to people is 90% of the success, especially for introverts, in a networking room specifically, is done before you even walk into the room. You have to plan, prepare, know what you're going to say, not to be someone that you're not, but to present the best version of yourself so you stop getting stuck in your head. I suggest the same when it comes to sales. Planning and preparation so that you know what you're going to say all of a sudden means that we're not stuck in our head. We know what we want to say, we have a plan, and all we need to do is listen, which introverts are great at, empathize which introverts are great at and attach what they're saying to what we already have planned, which means that we don't get stuck in our heads. So introverts have these amazing superpowers that extroverts just don't have. The problem is that we believe that we can't do it. Now, if you believe you can't do it, how much effort are you gonna put into it? I mean, the average introvert, here's what happens. Oh my gosh, I lost my job. Or, oh, my pipeline's looking pretty bad. I need to go networking. So they book in a networking event And then they try not to think about it between now and when the event is. Then just before they have to go, they have this realization that there's no way out of it, but they try and spend the next 30 minutes talking themselves out of it. And then they are, all right, I'm just going to get in the car. I'm going to go. So they walk in the door. And there's all these people that don't know. So they walk up, they, oh, oh, I recognize that person. So they walk up to that person and they spend most of the time clinging to that person because they don't want to speak to anyone else. Then they have a couple of other really shallow conversations and then they leave and they're like, oh, networking doesn't work. Well, of course it didn't work. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you do it that way. But if you know who's gonna be in the room, which by the way, anyone can do these days. You can go to a meetup group and look at all the people that are gonna be online because people register with their LinkedIn profiles. You can go to a conference and these days they all have apps with all the people that are going to the conference. You can do it on virtual as well where they have these virtual roulettes, but you can also go to places like lunch club and say, these are the people that I wanna meet. The problem I see is introverts trying to behave extroverted and doing what the extroverts do. It doesn't even work that well for them. The best, most successful networkers are introverted because they go in with a plan. Now, the average person doesn't, which is why an extrovert does better. Now, this isn't new stuff for sales either. Brian Tracy, who is an extrovert, says the top 10% of all sales performers have a planned presentation. The bottom 80% just say whatever comes out of their mouth. Well, if you want to think about who's better at that, extroverts, right? But if you think of the upper echelon of salespeople, Jeb Blunt, Paul Smith, um, you know, as I said, Zig Ziglar, Tom Ziglar, um, you know, all of these high-level people—they're all introverted. They just follow planned presentations. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's just stop back for a minute. If if somebody's listening and going, I don't know which I am. I think sometimes people confuse shyness with introversion. I've pl- I've met plenty of extroverts who are shy, um, and so then I've met some. Uh, plenty of introverts who aren't at all shy. They just, it's just that energy piece. So what are some clues uh, to distinguish, help someone distinguish which category they're going to fall into?
1: Yeah. So I, again, I think people overcomplicate things and I hear it all the time now. Oh, I used to be introverted, but now I'm more extroverted or I was extroverted, but things since COVID, I feel more introverted. Like it's mm. something that they can switch on and off or can change or, oh, I used to be really introverted, but now I find, I, I find I gravitate more to this version thing. So here's the way I look at it. Now, sure, there are a lot of extra complexities to it, but to simplify it, it really is again, where you draw your energy from. Now, can you believe that you were introverted and you're now feeling more extroverted? Well, yes you can because if you go and get good at the skill sets that even make you perceived more extroverted, well then you're going to find networking less uncomfortable. Now that doesn't mean you're not going to en- you're going to enjoy it and that doesn't mean it's not going to drain you, which means you know you're still an introvert because you want to go home and do what I do after a networking event, put on a hoodie and watch Netflix and talk to no one for like 30 minutes, right? So it doesn't matter. Now, if you've got an introverted method, then you'll find that the systems and processes will allow it to feel less uncomfortable, but also it'll feel more authentic, which means it's not going to feel as emotionally draining, as most networking does when you're networking in an inauthentic or or incongruent way, which means that again, you'll leave less tired, but you still will be exhausted if you continue to do it. And you will still not charge up by going to that room. So yes, people that are shy have different, uh, they have different fears and worries and concerns around going up and speaking to people. People that are highly sensitive you know, it's, you know, a lot of people think that the two are co- correlated, but in truth, you know, the problem with, you know, highly sensitive people just, ma- it means that, you know, being around, you know, people and chatting, it takes a lot more out of them, right? Introversion just means that you have a amount of energy. And the way I see it is imagine that, you know, I'm I'm wearing a wireless lapel microphone right now that's running off rechargeable batteries. An introvert doing this conversation, my energy is running lower because we're having this dialogue just like my battery pack is in my pocket because we're having this dialogue now when i plug it back up into the charger which is the same as me going to watch netflix right after this interview then you know i'm recharging my batteries now for an extrovert right there they're plugged into the charger right while they're having this conversation that's that, that, you know that's a different uh, you know perspective you know for me you know i'm i'm listed by top sales world as one of the you know top 50 biggest uh, best speakers in the world now That doesn't mean that I've learned a way to to become more extroverted when I speak from stage. It it does mean that I enjoy it. I actually have a blast when I'm on stage, not before I walk on stage, by the way. That's terrifying still. But when I get up on stage and I tell a story, all of a sudden, thanks to the... And story is super powerful, right? When you tell a story, which I always suggest you use story heavily in sales, in networking, in public speaking, in leadership... If you use story as a hinge point, story, thanks to the studies out of Princeton, actually what they allow you to do is it activates the reticular activating system of your brain, which means my brain simply synchronizes with your brain. And now all of a sudden we feel like we've got rapport. Now it's artificial rapport, but I can turn that into real rapport, which introverts are great at, but it puts me at ease. It puts the person I'm speaking to at ease. So when I get up on stage, I tell a story. And then once I've told the first part of my story, I'm like, I could sit here for three hours. Now that doesn't mean that when I get home, I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I so tired? Oh, that's right. I did something that was an Normally, not something that an introvert would get energy from. It doesn't mean I was bad at it. It doesn't mean that everybody hated me because, oh, my gosh, there's that boring introvert that should be under a bridge hiding away. That's not what introversion means. What it means is if you do those sorts of so-called extroverted behaviors, behaviors, and I call them so-called because, in truth, introverts are better at all of them, you're just going to be tired afterwards, mm
0: yeah i several times i've i've been at something i'm speaking at and and someone will come I'll i will talk about being an introvert and people come up and i, I can't believe you're an introvert you're you're up there speaking i'm like yeah all by myself and i know what i'm going to say so <laughs> i've already you know i've already solved two of the issues i'm by myself on the stage knowing exactly what i'm going to say to you it's a matter of that i can get it out and so i what i've always told people is as a good measurement is what do you do when you're tired um, when you're an introvert and you're tired, you pull away to recharge. If you're an extrovert and you're tired, you go find people to plug in and recharge. And to me, that's always been a useful kind of guideline on how how is somebody operating? Uh, where are they plugging in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that one of the biggest things, I mean, you know, you speak from stage. I've, you said that you know what you're going to say. And that's why you do so well. Like I've got a virtual presentation I'm doing at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. I've done six of them in the last week and a half, right? When I do virtual presentations, it's no different. I plan out what I'm going to say. I practice it to make sure it fits on time. You ask an extrovert to do that, by the way. They're like, I don't know what I'm going to say tomorrow. I'm going to get up. I'm going to put up the three slides that I have planned and we'll just see what happens, it's not the same thing when it comes to an introvert. An introvert plans it out, they're prepared, they're meted, they finish on time, They but they're great in a, in a face-to-face audience because they see people and they empathize with them as long as they're in their space and they know what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. But you tell me to go, hey, just go up and talk about again, something that I don't know well. If you get me to talk about something I do know well, even without a plan, I can kind of do well, but I might get more into the jargon which you see introverts do all the time. Like I see this happen when you go out selling or you're out networking, somebody asks what you do and they say, oh, I might be interested in that. Next thing you know, you're giving them a coaching session or you're telling them all about your 30 years of experience and you've opened up this fire hose and are like, oh my gosh, can you send a proposal? Or, oh, it seems nice. Do you have a card so I can get away from you but seem interested so I don't seem like, you know, I'm, I'm being horrible Rude and darting away, so the whole focal point for for people when yeah, I mean yes, I mean we can focus on energy levels, you know, till the cows come home, and I think you'll find that introverts across the globe, when they hang out with people, they get tired. Extroverts across the globe, when they hang out with people, they feel charged. Now, that doesn't mean that an introvert gets to a point, like, you know, when you're at like 100% battery, like an introvert's like, I wanna use some of that battery, right? During COVID, I know many introverts that are like, I wanna just have some contact with people and feel like I'm a real person. Like Beth Below, who wrote the uh, introverted entrepreneur, right? She talks about the fact that, you know, she goes undercover and she starts doing all this writing stuff. And then she gets to a point, she's like, are there people outside? I want to go and see what those people do and, you know, and experience that again. Where on the opposite, you know, there are extroverts that will spend so much time out with people that it's like a switch will flick and they they'll oh, I'm going home. So, again, you can max out, which might make, you know, an introvert feel, oh, I'm now more extroverted because I want to go out. No, you haven't been out in a long time. So because of that right now, you feel like you're not, perhaps not as introverted as you thought you were. But go and hang out with people for a couple of days and see see whether or not you want to run home or not.
0: Yeah, you, you, you're charged up enough to go do it for a while. It's just what happens at the end of that. Absolutely. One of the things I find interesting is the uh, the struggle of interaction between introverts and extroverts. Um, I, I grew up with my mother is more of the introvert. My father is very, ex, very extroverted. My brother is fairly extroverted. And I remember so many times as I was having conversations, the difference, you know, I would I finally realized that when my brother or my father were talking to me, sometimes when when an introvert talks and this is i think one of the differences i've noticed we've already processed and thought about it we've gone inside thought about it out comes the final answer you know and an extrovert is finding the final answer as they talk it out and mm-hmm. they're, they're processing through and so one of the things that i notice that happens is sometimes introverts think extroverts are flighty and all over the place not recognizing that all they're trying to do is talk their way through mm-hmm introvert extroverts think that introverts are stubborn because you know they give their thing and they're done
1: well i think the most important thing is just understand, understanding <coughs> i think the important thing is just understanding that we all have our burdens to bear right that's really what it is i mean if you think about a, a leadership meeting so you've got an extroverted leader and they're like Lee's always got really good ideas, but he never really speaks up in the meetings. He's always coming to me the day after and he's saying, oh, I had a thought about that meeting. And so, I'm, you know, we're going to run this meeting. Lee, what do you think? Now, Lee, you're standing there going, oh, my God, you're asking me in front of everyone. I haven't had time to think about this. I, I, I don't know. So then you come to me tomorrow and you say, oh, Matt, I, I was thinking about what you said. Here's the idea that I think you, that might really help. And I'm like, Lee, I asked you yesterday. I've implemented all of this now right? We've spent money. I've committed to my boss. We've budgeted for it. I can't change things now. And now forever, I'm going to know your idea was better, but I can't do it. (laughs) So it creates all this friction in an organization. You know how to fix that? Extroverts. Just so you know, your introverts would do well knowing what the topic of the meeting is going to be about. And if there are any specific questions or feedback you're looking for them to provide, maybe ask them the night before so Hmm. that they can come into the meeting when they're asked, they're not caught out on the spot and you'll get these amazing answers, right? It's just understanding the difference. Now, when you go out networking, I have to say there's still the occasional extrovert that throws out this joke that makes no sense to me. And I spend about five minutes in my head going, am I supposed to laugh? What, What am I supposed to say at this point? But more often than not, most people are on, in networking, especially if you go to the right networking events where your ideal client base is, your ideal employers are, the right people are there. A lot of times you'll have a lot of the same dialogues. So because of that, you can practice, you can rehearse it. And because of that, I'm not stuck in my own head when I'm having, having those conversations. And I love networking with extroverts because they're just happy to be having a chat. And if, as long as that chat ends up in an outcome, whatever that outcome is, they're happy that they did it. On the opposite side... Me as an introvert, I know exactly where I want the conversation to end up. And funnily enough, because I'm the one with the plan, they're ecstatic that we got to an end point. The end point is always the end point that I wanted to get them to. So it becomes super, super simple. Now, what I find is introverts, because they don't do any planning, often end up speaking to one or two people or doing nothing, you know, or, or just hiding away going, oh, I'm just going to speak to five people. But of course the first person they walk walk up to is going, oh, what is it that you do? Oh, I sell insurance. Oh my God. I may as well not be here. Right? So a lot of times it's lack of preparation, lack of forethought, and perhaps the fear associated with it that causes the lack of forethought that leads to a self-fulfilling prophecy. Just like a leader needs to ask their introverts about or, or tell them about the topic and what they're planning on asking, an introvert's got to do some planning when they go to a networking event. And if they're really, you know, going to sell somebody something, they need to do some planning on what they're going to say, what stories they're going to tell. An introvert's biggest hurdle is that they avoid these things and double down on their functional skill and perfecting that. And they don't focus on the things that are actually going to make their businesses successful or their careers highly affluent.
0: Okay. So you've mentioned a couple of times the advantage of introverts. And most introverts living in a somewhat extroverted world uh, can feel like it's, I, I, I know I felt it myself, an affliction, you know, that you're, you're suffering, as I said to you before we started recording, you know, I suffer from introversion and, and uh, you see it as the advantage. So let's talk some about what advantages are built in there. I mean, what, what does it, an, an introvert bring to the, to the party, I guess, <laughs> what, what do they bring to that party that gives them that advantage?
1: Well, I think the first thing is I want to validate the first statement. Everyone keeps saying it's an intro- it's an extroverted world. It's When did it become an extroverted world? When introverts decided that, right? Mm-hmm. Because in truth, it isn't. Now, I know that there are a lot of people going, oh, but, you know, this person, they see me as an introvert, so they don't give me the opportunities. Well, that's because you as an introvert have decided that you're somehow disabled and can't succeed and haven't put the skill sets in place to be able to do the work. Do you know how many people project introversion on me and don't give me opportunities? Not a one. Why? Because I've learned the skill sets. Now, if you think that you can't succeed in sales because you're an introvert and your manager won't give you a chance. Let me ask you, sure. He may be projecting going, Oh, that person's a little quiet. They're a little shy, but if your sales go up, funnily enough, you're going to start to get opportunities. I mean, I worked like my first job, I remember in telecommunications, door to door sales. So I lost my job just before Christmas and I took the only jobs that that I could get. So I applied for three interviews. They were all commission only. I got three interviews. So I thought, oh, wow, I did really well. Then I got three jobs. And I'm like, maybe they think I can sell. (laughs) Well, my manager put that to an end. He said, we hire everyone. We just Hmm. throw mud up against the wall. We see what sticks. So I'm in a training group of 20. We get five days of product training, not a single second of sales training and get thrown on this road in Sydney Road, Melbourne, Australia. And they say, go sell. I don't even know what to say. So I'm on this road where there's like a 1,000 doors on each side, which is probably good because I'm going to get a few rejections, right? Not far to walk. I go in the first one, and luckily enough, I was politely told to leave. Shortly after that, I was less politely told to leave. Then I was sworn at. And then my personal favorite was always, why don't you go and get a real job? I mean, this was the only job I could get. (laughs) Door after door, this kept happening until I got to my 93rd door and I made my first sale. Mm -hmm. I remember I made $70, and I was ecstatic for gosh maybe 45 seconds until I had my realization, my second realization of the day. You have to do this again tomorrow, right? So I'm like, this is not okay. Now, here's what happens. I could have gone back in tomorrow. Well, firstly, I could have quit, which is what 18 of the people in my training group did, right? The fight or flight is always there. Now, the thing that I'm liking these days is people have got that, I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to hustle it out kind of mentality. And that's great, but not without a strategy. Then you're just relying on lady luck. And guess what? Lady luck is not as happy with us introverts as they are with extroverts because extroverts can wing it. We can't. So I could have said, why is my manager not giving me training? Why is it that no one's giving me opportunities? Why are they getting all the good leads? Why is it that my manager's not promoting me? I'm good with people. Instead, I went, sales is going to be a system. Because if it's not a system, my year is going to be horrible. And I went to work learning that system. And I went, well, I had a reading speed of a sixth grader. So where am I going to learn the system? I know. I'm going to learn from YouTube. Because that was all that was around at the moment. So I typed in sales system in YouTube. And all these videos came up. And then I started to watch different videos. And here's what I did. I spent eight hours a day out in the field selling. Then I'd go home. And I'd practice the next step in the system four, eight hours, day after day, week after week, I did this. Every day though, I got better. Now, by the way, weekends were great. I'd spend 16 hours practicing. I got better really quickly though. Soon, you know, it was 45 doors before my next sale. Then it was 31. Then it was 28. Then it was 17. Then it was nine. Then it was three. I got it down to making a sale on average every three doors. Now, here's the interesting thing. My manager pulls me aside about six weeks in. It was only six weeks and he had this look on his face. Like I thought I'd done something wrong because I was the quiet guy, handed my paperwork in downstairs, didn't speak to anyone really upstairs, all the boisterous salespeople talking about how hard the market is and what they're doing now and how they convinced the customer. I'm not saying anything. My manager says, Matt, we're a little bit blown away by this, but we just got our national sales figures and it turns out you're the number one salesperson in the company, which just so happened to be the largest sales and marketing company in the Southern Hemisphere. So they said, you must be great at selling. So we're going to put you in charge of a team. So they give me 20 people. Now, if I hadn't have learned to sell, do you think my manager would have recognized that? Or do you think they would have said, oh, poor little Matt, he's a little bit quiet. I don't think he's going to be able to ever, you know, get, get up the ranks here in this organization. So then they give me a team of 20 people. I had no idea how to manage. I have no idea why they think you can manage because you can sell. They gave me a team of 20 people, not 18 out of 20 quit. Everybody quit by the next day, all of them. Back to YouTube to learn how to manage. Well, I got promoted seven times in the space of 12 months. So not, oh, well, he was a good salesperson. We'll just demote him. Back to learning the systems to manage. Promoted seven times in 12 months. Got the reputation as the young Anthony Robbins, or I think Americans call them Tony Robbins, right? Because of my motivational speeches and talking about sales and systemization. All stuff I learned how to do from YouTube left that organization within 12 months started with my own telecommunications company and turned over more than a million dollars fast forward just shy of a decade I'd been responsible for five multi-million dollar success stories why because I didn't rely on other people to train me I learned myself now, Of course, there are a few people that did project introversion on me because I wasn't that great in social gatherings, but my results always spoke for themselves. So because of that, I found a way. In later life, I found out that there was a way I could systemize and control that too. As a matter of fact, the first story in my new book is about a kid, Joel Turner, in Buffalo, New York, who literally grabbed my book on sales and went, if Matt can systemize sales, maybe I can systemize the way of making friends. I mean, this is a kid that wore a hoodie all day, every day, looked at his shoes, never really spoke to anyone. He carried my book around with him for an entire month, which must have been embarrassing, at school. But he started to have conversations and strike up dialogue with the popular kids. Now there's a girl in the picture. I believe now she's the girlfriend. the hoodie's gone, his life is different. Why? Because he spent the time learning how to take action. So here's what I think. I think there are a lot of introverts that are listening that believe that they can't. And if we believe in Henry Ford, you know, if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. And in truth, introverts are amazing at all of these so-called extroverted arenas. Now, sure, we can rely on HR and we can say HR needs to start investing in introverts and sending introverted trainers into organizations and managers need to stop stigmatizing these, you know, projecting shyness, quietness against their staff, because a lot that these staff can do. And there's a lot as us as small business owners can do so that we never even need them to make that mental shift. We can show them, which is what people like Zig Ziglar, Alan DeGeneres, Oprah Winfrey, and every other probably successful person you can imagine. Elon Musk, gosh, do you think he cares that he's a little bit let more shy and a little bit uncomfortable on camera? Not at all. He's closing deals all the time and he's got relationships with so many people. Introverts can do phenomenal things. And that's why I created the podcast, The Introvert's Edge, because that was where I wanted to interview all these introverted titans, people that you don't think are introverted and help them help everybody see that they're introverted. They just learn strategies to succeed.
0: So it's a lot of important stuff to, impact, to unpack there that some of the people that we would naturally assume are just comfortable with people, therefore, just extroverts really are uh, have found a system, have some method in their mind when they start. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, so uh, you you talked early on about introverts not being big on small talk. You know, I, I always found myself in these deep conversations, usually deeper than the other person <laughs> had expected, and I never figured out why that was until I realized all of the introvert part. But I remember at one point I was struggling to go do something and, and uh, my mother said, why don't you just think of some things you could start off with, some conversation starters? And, and I realized that was one of my blocks. I, did, I didn't even know I could, you know, what do you start with? And so I would just be kind of deer in headlights. Someone would come up, hey, how you doing? Uh, and then she kind of helped me understand that there there was just that little bit of a system help change, just having in my mind, I could ask about this, I could do this, I could do this, that begins to unlock the next piece of that. Because once you're rolling, as you said on a stage, once you're rolling, most introverts are pretty comfortable with the continuing conversation. It's the start point.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you look at the average introvert, we're great at the 95% bit we're just not great at that 5% bit at the start. And maybe you could say we're good at 90% because the 5% at the end where we actually turn it into something, we're pretty off bad as well. Now I will say that a lot of introverts go too deep and they go too deep into industry talk, which is where they're opening that fire hose of information where a story would have built a better relationship and done a lot more. So a lot of introverts think they've created these deeper relationships. What they've had is deeper conversations into their topic matter. So Mm -hmm. that's not always true. Now, An extrovert, on the other hand, they're really good at the first But a lot of times they get into this self-promotional stuff that people can't stand. They're the people you see on LinkedIn a lot of the times. And look, introverts do that too. I'm desperate, so they're sending all these spam messages to everyone on LinkedIn. You know, if I get one out of 100, well, I don't want to speak to 100 people to get one deal. That's horrible. What the other 99 are thinking of me? No, thank you, right? So the thing that I get people to realize for introverts specifically is, I mean, yeah, what you said is a perfect example. You know, when I first, there's an example I give in my first book about, you know, somebody offering me a coffee in the afternoon and I had this pre-planned response going, oh gosh, I would love one. But if I have one more coffee, I think I've had three coffees with the meetings this morning. I will be bouncing off the walls and my wife will not want to let me into the house. So if it's okay with you, I'll just have a glass of water. That whole conversation is all the same every afternoon. Now they have a laugh and they start talking about how they can never give up coffee, you know, and then I said, actually, I'm moving to mate tea. I've made this decision. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but in South America, uh, they've got this great tea that what I've heard about is that, you you know, you grab mate tea, you have it instead, and while you can't do it in the same day because you'll feel the effects of missing coffee, if you have mate tea, from what I've heard, you can level out and you get the same, you know, the same intensity feeling without the ups and downs, and then we get into this whole dialogue about how they could never give up coffee and it's all choreographed i've i've had that conversation a thousand times mm. so i know every variation of it and it doesn't vary much at all right other times you know i will i'll i'll notice that you know i get there just on time or a few minutes early and they'll say, oh, I'll say, is that, you know, John. And they'll say, yes, um, is it Matthew? And I'm like, yeah, I've, uh, we've got an appointment. They're like, oh yeah, come through. And then I'll say on the way, gosh, I'm so glad I made it here on time. Funnily enough, I left 15 minutes early, but have you? can you believe the traffic that we're having? Like the population growth here is just making it harder and harder to, to get from place to place. And then of course, they'll vent we've had a dialogue. So you can create conversational starters out of lots and lots of different things. But what I find is that interesting introverts, they don't plan any of that stuff. Like when I first started conversations, people would ask me how I was and my response was not bad. I mean, what does that mean? How depressing is that? And where does that go? It doesn't create a secondary dialogue, does it? So because of that, we're not having a chat. I say not bad and they're like, oh, and at a networking event, so what is it you do then? Oh, I sell insurance. Oh, I don't need insurance. Oh, well, that's awkward. Or Oh, I had a bad experience with an insurance person. Oh, well, you know, I've, I'm have i different. I got magic ruby slippers. It doesn't work, right? So you need to create a way of having dialogue and then be genuinely interested in them to the point that they ask you what you do and then you can transfer into what I call a unified message, where, which changes the balance. So you don't introduce yourself by saying I'm an insurance person, I'm a business coach, I'm a this, I'm a that. You have something that takes you out of the commodity box that separates you. But all of this comes due to planning, you have to prepare all of this. Because otherwise, if I had my first mate tea conversation and I hadn't practiced it beforehand, it probably would've gone haywire and I wouldn't have got it right and I would've felt weird. But by the time I practiced myself a few times, drove my sister at the time nuts by practicing it with her, then by the time I got into a real dialogue with someone else, because my sister heckles me quite a bit, by the time I got into a conversation with a client, it was so comfortable, it was so authentic. And it was actually me. I actually did move to maté Tea and I think it's amazing, right? It stops me having that crazy rush in the morning, the bottoming out, the, you know, the anxiety around sales calls, things like that. Mate Tea is amazing.
0: I've actually tried it. So I'm going to agree with you. My daughter actually brought it from her trip to South America. She brought it home and sure enough, it's a good one. It's a little grassy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you can actually get it from uh, from Whole Foods now. Yeah, So I, yeah. I tried it for the first time in Argentina. Mm-hmm. I spent three months in South America, so I tried it for the first time in South America. It was it was it was great. There's lots of different varieties. Um, there's some higher grade ones that don't taste as grassy, mm-hmm. but it does feel like you're not going to have the same feeling of having that crisp coffee. The mate tea does. Feel like you're having muddy water, but it does have that effect that you're looking for for the coffee.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. So you've written some books, and you've got a new book out. Tell, talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, my my first book did about forty. Well I did more than forty thousand copies, and it's now been translated into more than ten languages, which I'm ecstatic about. It it focused on why an introvert could actually be better than an extrovert at selling. And then it provided a system. As a matter of fact, I keep, my publisher hates me when I say this. I keep telling people, you don't need to buy that book. If you just go to the introvertsedge.com, you can download the first chapter. And if you do nothing more than read the first chapter, you'll realize why you're actually better at selling than an extrovert. And then I'll map out the seven-step process. And if you do nothing more than grab those seven steps, look at what you currently say and fit it into those steps, you'll realize, firstly, there's some things that don't fit throw that out. You shouldn't be saying it to clients. Then you realize there's some things out of order. And then you realize there's some pretty gaping holes, which are generally around asking great questions and telling great stories. If you fill the gaps and put it in order, you'll double your sales easily in the next 60 days. But what happened was all these people kept coming back to me afterwards and saying, Matt, I love that book. You know, It's made such a shift in the amount of deals I closed, but I'm not getting in front of enough leads. And it all came down to, well, I mean, there's a lot of heavy lifting that can, you know, you can make sales so much easier if people don't see you as salesy, if you don't have to pitch people to get an appointment. So what I realized is, I mean, the the book on networking became the next logical choice. But at that time, I'd literally moved from Australia to the US from a place I I had a a network I'd awkwardly grown and I had to recreate myself. And literally in the space of 12 months, I went from not knowing anyone outside my wife who's much more introverted than i am to being invited to events as one of the most connected people in the city and now i'm you know invited on podcasts as one of the most connected people on the planet so i just created this success for myself and i wanted to put all of that into a book to show introverts you can actually be amazing networkers. And when I say networking, the whole goal of this book is to teach you how to be masterful in the networking room. So you never have to go back to one. And that's the biggest point. I find that most people think that being in the networking room is the end goal. And in my mind, it's not just about being in the networking room. It's about being able to network virtually. It's about being able to attract using technology, psychology, and strategy your ideal clients to come chase you. But the truth is that most people can't articulate the value of what they offer in three minutes when somebody's politely listening to them what chance do they have in half a second when somebody of attention that they get online so the goal of this book is to give them a system and it, it really the reason I had to write it straight away was the, because of the story of Joel I mean Joel made friends by realizing that sales had to be a system and I just while the book works for both career professionals and small business owners in truth I'm just passionate about small business owners. You know, I I think it, it, it's something heroic about a person that has enough skills, talent, and belief in themselves to go and start a business for themselves. And I hate these people stuck in this constant hamster wheel of struggling to find interested people, setting themselves apart and making the sale. So I fixed the making a sale bit, but they were still struggling to find interested people and setting themselves apart. So I created the Introvert's Edge to Networking as a follow-up to fix that problem, both in face-to-face networking and then moving it in into the digital frontier.
0: You know, so as uh, if people are, are listening, if you're listening and going, okay, well, I'm, that's not me because I'm not in business. I just want to remind uh, folks that everybody is your, your own business. I mean, in some ways, if you're, whatever you're doing, you're involved in networking. Um, if you go to a religious organization, a church, synagogue, temple, whatever, you're networking. I mean, you know, that's, that's your connection space. If you're going uh, to to a hobby, you know, and, and one of the things I've often heard from people, introverted people, they have a hard time getting into hobbies because, you know, they're people they're going to interact with and they don't know what to do. It's networking. And, and so while um, Matthew's specific aim is for business people, if you're an introvert, this is in your realm. And if you, Uh, are connected to an introvert, love an introvert, have an introvert in your life, this could give you an insight into, you know, what crosses that piece. So this, while it is business aimed, and if you're in business or in sales, this is definitely in your scope. But if you're not, don't dismiss this and go, oh, that's not the answer. This is still, I mean, this, we're all in business, the business of ourself. So. Well, it's
1: interesting. uh, We've, we've actually had, so we actually have stories in the book about career professionals as well that, were trying to get marketing jobs. We helped them understand that they had to differentiate themselves. They had to tell better stories. And they've gone for job interviews where they've ended up getting a job six figures above in a position two levels above the one they were applying for because they positioned themselves and told stories to embed their value. Mm-hmm. Because introverts often, do when, it, when you think about sales, they do the same thing when they're interviewing that business owners struggle to do when they're networking. They overcomplicate things. They struggle to articulate their worth and everything goes wrong. There's a story, as I said, Joel's story is actually in the book about Mm. how he used storytelling to make friends. The goal is of this book is to really unfreeze you to the fact that introverts are actually phenomenal relationship makers. But also it's designed to show you that networking is not just in a networking room. It is. It's when you're out for uh, out at a yacht club. It's, it's when you're at the golf course. It's when you're just chatting to a couple of people while you're waiting in line for popcorn at the cinema. It's networking is everywhere in our personal lives, our careers, and our businesses. And the truth is that networking is not just about finding customers. You know, one of the things I outline in the book is, you know, a lot of people will go to find their next job or to find their next customer. But this is what I call prospect world, right? They're looking for the next thing, but that's always going to keep them stuck in this hamster wheel of trying to find the next person. What I talk about is networking is really about finding two other types of people. And a lot of times, I mean you can find them at the symphony, right? It's the two groups of people that I really look for are what's called momentum partners. Now, these are people that share my work with others. Like if you would be one of my momentum partners, you believe in my work, you're sharing it with your audience, right? The the types of people that say, "Oh, I know somebody that has a podcast, let me introduce you." Oh, Somebody that's not even your boss, but a colleague says, oh, John over in this department is running a peer group that I think you'd be great for. Let me introduce you to get you on that on that peer group, because I think it'd be great for your career. Right. Let me get you into this uh, association on the board because I think you'd be great there. And I think it would really help your resume. These momentum partners are very, very valuable now. There's also this higher level group, which is what I call champions. Now, champions for me is like Ivan Meiser, the founder of BNI, which is, you know, 10,000 membership groups across the globe. An introvert, like I said before, you know, he's endorsed my book. He shared it through all the people in BNI about how, how much my book has helped You know, so many introverts across the globe that he built B&I to build systems around networking, and I've extended systems across to every networking group, right? That's amazing credibility. But it could also be the CEO of Blue Scope Steel or YouTube that thinks you're amazing and constantly writes you testimonials or shares your stuff on social media because they think you're terrific, right? What you've got to be looking for are those people that share and promote your work that uh, believe in you because you believe in them, momentum partners and champions that believe in you and want to see you succeed. Mm. Those are the powerful networks to get.
0: And that's the system and it fits everywhere. So um, before we run out of time, Matthew, talk a little bit about how people can, you mentioned it, but let's let's unembed that a little bit, make it clear, how can people find you? Uh, What's the best place to grab that chapter?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my first book, you can get at theintrovertsedge.com. Uh, now you can also download the first chapter there as well. My second book is at the introvertsedge.com forward slash networking. And you can get the first chapter of my second book there, but feel free. I, because I learned how to sell on YouTube, I put a ton of free content out on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, feel free to follow me everywhere and just consume the free content and help change, help me change your mind that introverts can't be amazing at all of these things. Cause it's that belief that I'm focused on shifting. And yes, I'm going to put a system in place to make you amazing at it, but the first thing is changing your belief. Because if you think, oh, I can't do this because I'm introverted, that is the most important thing to change. After that, we'll teach you a step-by-step process. But in truth, Sales networking, it's not like martial arts. You don't just piece all these things together and hope it works. Treat it like a science experiment. Build the system, one person system, even if it's not mine. As I said, there's a lot of really successful introverted networkers, introverted salespeople, introverted public speakers. Build that process for yourself and then get to work perfecting each element over time. And through that mindset, also one other thing that's amazing will happen. It'll stop becoming personal, right? When somebody rejects you in a sale when you don't get that job when a conversation doesn't go well because it's like a science experiment henry ford doesn't go oh my gosh there was a problem on the line i was never built meant to build cars it makes it this external process and by making it external all of a sudden you start to tinker with it and your analytical mind starts to go to play and all of a sudden it stops becoming so emotionally tolling so yeah you can get the two chapters of the book at the introvertsedge.com and the introvertsedge.com forward slash networking
0: and and what you just said about that experiment piece you know just that mindset that is true it doesn't matter if you're an extrovert introvert wherever in between that is some powerful work to to be able to use that and go oh it's not a failure it's a data point it's a science experiment let's try again this has been great matthew this has been really great for people who may have gone oh that's what I am, or that's not what I am, but I know people who are as an understanding, getting into that mindset. So thank you so much for sharing, Uh, both in how you've written, you've you've provided the books, they're great books, uh, and in providing other things on YouTube, but also for being here and providing this for anybody who has had that question, what is this introversion thing about? And could it be me? But more than that, and that doesn't mean I've got to suffer with this, but I've got something to bring to the table. Thanks for being here.
1: It's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
0: It was great. You've been listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it.